This podcast is being brought to you by Citizens Trust Bank in service to the community since 1921. Visit us online at www.ctbconnect.com. All of my doctors are hot, <laughs> right? I posted, um, what was that that I posted for? Women's? It was Women's Doctors. Female Physician Day or something like that? Female F- Physician Day. and But I had forgotten to post Brandy. And so I'm in big trouble for that. But it was like, and I'm not joking, all of my f- physicians are black females. I, and so I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that, uh, and, and the reason they're females is because of the bedside manner. Like, I've had male doctors and I just, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always giving shout outs and big ups to my docs. Dr. Brandy J. Rudolph Bowling. What's the J stand for? Jeunesse like finesse. Jeunesse like finesse in the building. (laughs) (laughs) Is a triple board certified adult psychiatrist, child and adolescent psychiatrist, pediatrician, speaker, mental health summit creator, and host, mommy advocate, education liaison, test-taking strategist, ADHD expert, and author of the best-selling book, Shine, Understanding ADHD, So Your Child Can Be a Star. Dr. Brandy B. graduated from Ramsey Alternative High School in the top 10% of the class of 1996. She obtained her Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience from Vanderbilt University, medical degree from Meharry Medical College, and she completed her triple board residency program at Indiana University School of Medicine. She is licensed in 15 states and is currently applying to another 10 states, uses all three of her medical specialties to varying degrees, and works in a variety of medical settings, including community, mental health, inpatient, and private and concierge telemedicine practices. Dr. Brandy B. resides in Birmingham, Alabama with her husband, Attorney Frederick, and their three children who are three, six, and seven years old. You can see Dr. Brandy B. Fridays at 12 noon Central Standard Time on her Facebook fan page at Dr. Brandy B. when she hosts a live stream, Focus on It Friday. You may follow her on all social media at Dr. Brandy B. Dr. Brandy B. Hello, hello, hello. Will you do me a favor? Yes. Tell me a joke. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let's see. What you got? What Let's you got? See. Let me see. Let me see. What is Forrest Gump's password to most of his secured websites? 
don't know. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, what is it? One forest one. <laughs> that is so lame. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yesterday, I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. I asked him what the word was on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Cha-ching, cha-ching. I like it. Dr. Brandy B. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I want to start here. First of all, um, I love you. I love your husband. Yes, we love you. You have been... um, a wonderful friend, confidant, psychiatrist, and just friend of the ages. And where I want to start when you were a little, little, little girl, ooh, like oh Lord, as a as a young girl, did you know you wanted to be a doctor, or how did you get there, like? What part of town did you grow up in? And like sometimes I know people, but I don't know their background. Background. Yeah. And so I actually get to learn your background yes. with everybody else. So with a with 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 the <clears throat> ending point being and I decided to go to law I mean medical school, take us through it. I can do that. Who are you? Who am I? I am Brandy. I'm Dr. Brandy, Dr. Brandy Bowling, Dr. Brandy Rudolph Bowling. I'm all of that. I grew up in West End, about five minutes or less from where I live now. Okay. Um, My mom was a nurse. My dad, a laborer at EBSCO Media. So he was a paper cutter, and he enjoyed nothing more than talking about paper and binding it and making books. Um, And um, we had a great life. I did not know that we weren't rich until I went to Vanderbilt University, and I thought, <laughs> these people have money. Right. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, a loving family. I had two older brothers. Um, some people now, know. How, how much older are oh, your brothers? Oh, older brothers. I was just okay. about to say, some people know. My mom had her first child at 14, uh-huh. her second at 18, so... Uh, And then me, years later, after she married my dad. Uh And so my brothers were 16 and 12 when I was born. Wow. So it was like growing up in the house with three dads. Yeah. Yes, it was happy times, happy times. (laughs) That's what we're going to say. Happy times, yes, yes, yes. So great childhood, uh, nothing but fond memories, then leaving. Now, where did you go to elementary school? So, uh, funny story, so... We won't tell too much about my mother's (laughs) secrets. But I was uh, asked to not return to public school in kindergarten because I was not old enough. So then Mm. I ended up in a very small private school called Pilgrim Lutheran, which is over in the Smithfield area. Really? By Parker High School. Mm -hmm. And I did K through 5 there. It was a three-room building with a little kitchen. It was a house probably back in the day. It was attached to a church, a Lutheran church. And then after fifth grade, I left there and went to Our Lady of Fatima. So I did sixth, seventh, and eighth grade at Our Lady of Fatima. And um, I told my mom, I don't want to wear uniforms anymore. 
So I took the test, got into Ramsey, and that was probably the happiest day of my life that far. <laughs> so I went to Ramsey, did four years there, couldn't ride the bus. I was a car rider to the day, you know, I finished school. <laughs> now, did, did you participate in the band? I was in the band. Okay. I was a royalette, so I was a dancer. Okay. Uh, I guess sophomore, junior, and senior years, and then ended up being co-captain. Had a fun time doing that. Uh, of course, at that time, Ramsey didn't have a band, so we were in parades and yeah. competitions. We were just living it up. Right? We had homecoming, homecoming and everything. Homecoming. You know, I was telling my husband just today, these homecoming outfits and homecoming days are so much more creative than our pajama days, twin days, tacky days. I mean, they're getting creative. They are. But those were the fun times of high school. That's right. Um so up until 10th grade, I wanted to be a teacher. Both my grandmothers were educators, master level educators, and that was all I knew. So I wanted really? to teach. And I'm not exactly sure what happened. I can't say that there was a specific event. But in 10th grade, I decided I wanted to be a physician, like my own physician, my mentor, Dr. Jacqueline Stewart. And okay. so at that point, I said, it's medicine or bust. I wanted to be a pediatrician. My time out. You just dropped a name, a very famous name oh, yeah. here in, in oh, Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did Dr. Stewart get to be your mentor? Well, Dr. Stewart was my pediatrician, and okay. now, ironically, is my children's. Okay. Um, but I I was a sickly child, not extremely sickly, but, you know, I had my fair set of issues, mm -hmm. medical concerns. Mm -hmm. And my mom, who was a nurse, as I mentioned, could be very easily calmed by Dr. Stewart. So mm. much, in fact, that once Dr. Stewart told my mom she was going to phone me in a prescription, and my mom went to the pharmacy and they said, Miss Rudolph, we don't have anything from Dr. Stewart. And my mother said, Dr. Stewart always does what she says she's going to do. Y'all have lost it, and you better get it for my baby. <laughs> well, indeed, Dr. Stewart called, uh, you know, pre-cell phone days, and she goes, Miss Rudolph, I'm so sorry. I did not call that prescription in. And she said, oh, no worries. Brandy has already had three doses. I told those people, you don't forget anything. <laughs> and so I said, uh, anybody who can call my mother in this way, yeah, she must be some kind of lady. Yeah. And so that was, uh, that was the beginning of our friendship. Um, and she became my role model. I love it. She became my role model. So I went on to college. And then about my third year of med school was where there was a big shift from her just being my role model to being my mentor. Gotcha. I came in to see her one weekend. I was home for whatever event, mm -hmm. occasion. And um, she just casually mentioned to me, now I want you to start looking into a subspecialty. So for you all that don't know, um, a subspecialty in medicine is where you go off and you either are an OBGYN, pediatrician, intern, and surgeon, and then you do something specialized even beyond that. So pediatric... Oh. Cardiologist, pediatric, neurologist, pediatric, uh, nephrologist. And I thought, oh, my God, all of that sounds so boring. Um, <laughs> and I was really honestly angry with her for that because she knew I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to be just like her. Mm. But this meant that I had to do something different. And so I started um, searching, and I found this triple board program. And that was the beginning of what we see now and where I am now. That is wonderful. Yeah. Now... After medical school, then after medical school, I'm trying to get to when when you and Fred got together. Okay, <clears throat> so going back to Our Lady of Fatima, 
Fred's father ran the after school program. Uh-huh. And Fred has a sister that is a year or two younger than I am. Okay. So he was the older brother that was coming back to school to be with his dad, you know, when he was in college or whatever, and younger sister. So mm-hmm. I had seen him. Well, let's see, in residency, okay. so after undergrad, med school, residency, I was in residency, had gone through this breakup, came home for Easter weekend. My girlfriend says, I'm going to get you out of the house. Let's go to this party. Uh-huh. So I go to this party, another favorite named Kristen Booker. It was her birthday party. And Fred was there because he and Kristen went to Auburn together. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. That's my church member. That's right. That church member. I love Kristen Booker. I love and her. so um, I'm there and I see him. And I'm like, hey, you're so and so's brother and your dad and blah, blah, blah. And we just kind of talked and. You know, now the stories differ from yeah, this point. I want to know it. The stories differ. <laughs> I want your so version. So what happened, what, what had really happened, happened was. What really happened. Okay, okay. I left my phone in my girlfriend's car. Okay. And so I said to my girlfriend, get his number because I'm going to need an attorney to look over any contracts that I may have. Because I was either second or third year resident okay. out of five years. So she must have. When I got in the car, I think I called him from my phone number and said, hey, this is my number. I got it from her phone. This is me. Well, that was a Friday or Saturday night. That Monday when I got back to Indianapolis, um, he called me. And I was like, I ain't got why, no contract. Why'd you, why'd you call me? Yeah. Why'd you call me? And we talked until it was time for me to literally get up and go to work the next day. I said, I've got to go because it's time for me to go to work. And um, that was, that was the beginning of the end, I guess. (laughs) Or the beginning of (laughs) the present. Yeah. Yeah. That is wonderful. And and so happily ever after the beginning of, and so now you've been married for 10 years as of May and together for, since 2009, so oh, wow. whatever that math is. Yeah. I think we dated yeah. two years before, so maybe 12 years. Outstanding. And 12, so how, how how long between you you finishing up your medical stuff and you get married, and then did you go into practice by yourself initially, or did you work with someone, or how did that go? Oh, fun times. Fun so, times. Ooh-wee. So... When I met him, my family was ecstatic because they were like, oh, my God, she's met a Birmingham guy. She's coming back. <laughs> so I finished residency. That was up in the that air. That was a, well, no, I always wanted to come back. Okay. I loved home. I love family. And I had been away, you know, four years of med school, four years of college, five years of residency. I was ready to come and back And where home. was residency? Residency was IU, Indiana University. That's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. So in Indianapolis, the medical school is in Indianapolis. Right. So I was ready to come back home. And okay. that kind of solidified it for them. They were like, yes. Yeah. yeah. So we were engaged. We got engaged my fifth year. And um, we got married in 12. So I finished and moved back in 11, took a job that I still have now at a community mental health center, which services Walker, um, Fayette, Lamar counties, so northwestern counties. Okay. Took that job in 11. We got married in May of 12. Um, and I'm still there today. Along the way, I've picked up other jobs. It seems that I keep adding them and I never let any go. So yeah. I have a lot of jobs now. <laughs> a lot of jobs. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I do a little bit of everything now. I've been in private practice for about six years, and that is very rewarding. That started because a lot of people in the area wanted to come to me, and mm-hmm. I could not see them because you needed to live in the catchment area where my job was. And so really? none of those places were Jefferson County. That meant that I couldn't see those people in that setting. So I created my own and started my private practice. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. And yeah. so how long have you been in pri- private practice? So now? I've been in private practice six years. Okay. Six years. And you special. Tell us about your specialty. Yes. So I am boarded in. So I really didn't feel like it was crazy. I really didn't feel like I had accomplished my goal of being a pediatrician until I passed that board. So even though I was working full time as a child psychiatrist, as an adult psychiatrist, I kept going until I got the pediatric board. So I'm board certified in all three. Um, And through nurse practitioners, I actually collaborate with or supervise nurse practitioners who allow me to see all of those areas. Um, And it's just been Quite delightful. That's awesome. Everything. A girl is living out all of her dreams. That is awesome. Now, what, um, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next part, but what made you decide to go into the subspecialty? Other than other than Dr. Uh, Stewart's it. encouraging, but why there? Why why? Why child psych? Well, because I didn't want to let go of the pediatrics part. That was still my dream. If you ask my classmates from high school, tell us something about Brandy Rudolph. They were going to say she wanted a red convertible Mustang, and they were going to say she wanted to be a pediatrician. And I have a red convertible Mustang with dream car as my license plates, and I'm a pediatrician. So I get to say I accomplished my childhood goals and more. At Alabama Power, there's nothing more important to us than our customers and the communities we serve. Alabama Power is more than your reliable source of electricity. We're committed to building the future of energy and providing innovative solutions to our customers. Alabama Power offers energy efficiency tips to help lower your bills, and the company supports agencies that offer bill assistance. Alabama Power initiates and supports efforts to grow the economy and elevate the state of Alabama. And yes, we are also your reliable source of electricity. Alabama Power is for a better Birmingham and a better Alabama. Okay, now tell me what are your favorite, what's your favorite charity right now? So right now, as it has been for the last couple of years, I like giving to the Titusville Youth Sports Association. That is a, um, Titusville Youth is the park where my husband is commissioner for football. And um, I have seen his passion and drive in working with youth football, youth sports, really, for as long as I've known him. Apparently, this is something that has been going on for 20 plus years with him. Um, And uh, now that we have children who are in that age bracket, they get to go out there and be with them. And I am quick to tell those mothers out there, I'm a mother, but I am not a teen mama. I will give you all the money you need, but I'm not coming out here. And I hold true to that. This year, I bought all the snacks for for the whole year, but I was like, I'm going to show up on game day. Do not look for me outside of that. I won't be there. No organizing, no phone calls, no phone Mm -hmm. tree. I'm not coming. Um, But they they do really good work. I really, really, really like the Titusville Youth Program specifically um, because the men – are of a caliber 
um, that gives our young black boys something to look up to. Um, you know, if it weren't for me seeing a pediatrician, I never could have imagined that I could be one. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we can't be things because we don't see them. So to, you know, see a dad and a mom together, to see an attorney, to see uh, men who are on the mayor's staff, to see principals of high schools that are the high schools that they very, very likely could attend, that means something to me. And so um, there's no gambling, there's no smoking. Now they might, you know, say a rough word or two, but who doesn't, <laughs> right? Um, and, and it's all to get kids to the next level, not just on the field, but in character and in life. And so I like the mission of the organization and I try my best to. Maybe we need to get a scholarship started. I just thought about that. But yeah, I like to, I like, that is where I give my money. That's one of the the best organizations. And I've been doing that before we had kids before. Because as, as you said, our sons are six and seven. Mm -hmm. So these are men who are out there even without children. Some of their children have aged out, but still they have the heart of the boys and the young ladies, the cheerleaders, um, and getting them to be what they need to be. I could not agree more. Um I played for West End. Mm -hmm. I played Everybody for played for West End. Everybody. <laughs> My brothers played for the Panthers. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I watched Fred and Cedric and everybody build that program from nothing to what it is now. And it literally is, you know, and I'm not trying to be biased here, but... <laughs> The records say it. They yeah. have one of the most prolific programs yep. in the city right now. It really is. And um, I just, I really salute them. And even when I, you know, hear about things, because it sits right in the middle of the city, mm -hmm. even when there is drama going on around the park, I even look at the way that the members of the community look at the men there and they're like, you know, hey, OG and Fred's like, I'm an OG now, but hey, OG, you know, we ain't going <laughs> right. to start no problems around here. We know what you're doing with the kids. And that means a lot, too, yeah. to know that there are men who can demonstrate conflict resolution because, again, that's something that a lot of our young men don't see of any age. So it's just a good all-around program and yeah. a part of the work that they do. Fred Fred and I and, and our peers, our, our age, we're – you know, slowly dealing with being called OG. OG. <laughs> Getting used to it. And, he and, was and, not okay with that. He was like, am I an OG? I know. But then when you look around at some of the craziness, I kind of dig it when people see you, yes. the younger guys see me coming. And yes. Like, oh, you know exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. If, you, if you choose not to answer one of these questions, you got to buy an extra set of snacks Ooh. for the kids. Okay, okay. But they're okay. easy. Okay. They're easy. All right, here we go. All right, we're going to start off with a really simple one. Okay. Alabama State or A&M? <laughs> Goodness! I'm telling you, what that wasn't easy. That's easy. That's easy. It's Magic City Classic coming up. Okay, Magic City. Oh my goodness! State of A and M. Oh, we. I'm gonna be in trouble either way, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with Alabama State. Okay, because my maternal grandmother went there. Okay, okay. okay. I'm in Alabama. trouble with the. I'm in trouble with the other side of the <laughs> Alabama or Auburn. Mm, oh yeah, I'm, the good news is I'm getting the hard stuff out of the Ooh, way. 
Okay. <clears throat> so the real answer is, I went to Vanderbilt, so I don't really care. <laughs> Another random fact, though, is that my dad. I know you just want to answer, but I gotta. Oh, uh, you can. So my do dad, yeah. for more than twenty years, sold Alabama paraphernalia. Owned a lot right across from Legion Field. And then once they moved from Legion Field, he had his little spot in Tuscaloosa. So I grew up on Alabama. Alabama really? sent me to Vanderbilt. Let's just say that. My dad was such a hustler uh, that when he when Alabama would play Vanderbilt at our campus, he would come into the game and um, work some out with the people at the door, see me perform because I was on dance line at Vanderbilt. And otherwise, he was selling outside. He was vending Are you in Nashville. Now, but then I married an Auburn alum. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> let's see. Which one? Which one? I'm, I'm going I'm to go with, I'm going to go with Auburn. Because my daddy told me, go with your husband. Oh. But he didn't know I was going to marry him. He died right before I married him. But, so, yeah, I'm going to go with him because he, he won't know. Well, I just want to state for the record that Eric and I both have on Bama sweatshirts. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Stallions. Okay. Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Barons. Okay. Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? Negro League Museum. Biggie or Tupac? Mm. Biggie. Yes, great answer. Michael Jackson or Prince? (laughs) <laughs> Golly I like it that I'm making you think about it You're um, not just easily going through mm-mm. Michael Jackson or Prince mm-hmm. Michael Jackson Great answer Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center Birmingham Zoo Okay Crossplex or Legion Field Legion Field Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Legacy Arena. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. And I saved the easiest one for last. Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Rickwood Field. Ooh, I was about to say, I know Fred coached out of He coached well, the kids out at Rickwood Field. That and <laughs> my brother, my older of the two brothers, has a ball in the um, baseball. Yeah. baseball uh-huh. And there was a baseball film that was filmed here in Birmingham. Right. And he is in that movie. It was filmed at Rickwood. And he's one of the extra pitchers. He was pitchers. in 42? hmm Really? The, the old one. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Little known facts little known about facts. your family. A little about my family, yes. And so your, um, let's see, Eppinger? hmm John. John Eppinger. Uh-huh. Um, he... And my brother played together. 
Really? On several different teams. Yeah. yeah. He, he played baseball forever. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Now, let's talk about what you do. Okay. Um, one of the things, I mean, of course, you're a pediatric special, um, psychiatrist, among other things. And there's a lot that is said about ADHD and, you know, this, that, and other. And I wanted to get you on here to give us a little, you know, class in, mm. in, in not only ADHD, but I would love it if you talked about other things that that are normal <coughs> or, or we see often with our children and may not know what's going on. You know what I mean? Give us some, t t tell me what's going on. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so now you've really got me excited. Okay, I can get in my <laughs> element now. Talking about myself, that's only important to just set up my... Uh, my qualifications, but this oh. right here gets me going. <laughs> so let me just talk about mental health. So yes. mental health is that state of being where we are well despite life happening. Car wrecks, job loss, bankruptcy, um, somebody getting over and cutting you off in traffic. Mm -hmm. These things are going to happen. Death, all that stuff. Um, and how we bounce back from it, cope with it, um, deal with it is what makes up our mental health. Now, when we do not deal with these things well, when we cannot perform our jobs well, whether our jobs be to go in and clock in somewhere or to go to school and perform, this is when we can start getting into what is known as mental illness. So people, you know, for whatever reason, uh, unfortunately, mental illness has a um, negative connotation, mm -hmm. a stigma. Mm -hmm. And so people don't want to address it. Um, especially as black folks, we just want to pray our way through everything, right? Mm -hmm. Prayer got us out of slavery, so surely it can cure us from mental illness. Right. Um, but I really want us to get to a point where we look at mental illness just like we do diabetes, just like we do vision loss, just like we do any other medical condition. Now, when we're talking about ADHD in particular, ADHD is a neurobiologic or neurobehavioral disorder, neuro being from the brain, Behavior being the things that we do, biologic meaning there's something about it in our DNA. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what, but there's something about us that makes us not be able to focus and or not be able to control our level of activity and or not be able to control our level of impulse. Um, and so usually what we see is in early childhood, a child who is hyperactive. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can progress to children who have problems focusing. And um, impulsivity, <coughs> excuse me, can be a problem throughout the throughout the time. Mm -hmm. Some parents will find that as young as three years old, their children are being uninvited to come to daycare. Mm -hmm. But for sure, by the time a child enters kindergarten, oftentimes boys, especially more so than girls, their teachers will say, he won't stay in his seat. He's talking all the time. He's blurting. He's falling on the floor. He's disruptive. Come get him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now we have a situation where parents are having to leave their jobs and go get their kids. And sometimes they're losing their jobs because they're absent so much having to deal with their children. Mm -hmm. um, so ADHD is something that is very easily treatable and children go on to live happy and productive lives. However, 
On the contrary, ADHD can be something that I call a dream killer. Um, If you want to watch a happy, loving human being not meet their full criteria, let their ADHD go untouched. Just simple facts. um, 33% of people with ADHD will not finish high school, and only 5 to 10% will finish college. So oftentimes when people say, oh, my God, my child is back. He went down there and partied at the university. Well, he may have, or he may have had ADHD, or he may just have realized, I don't want to be in college. Just let me go cut paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And either of those works out just fine. Um, Kids socially are intrusive, impulsive, interrupting and blurting when other people are talking. Well, you can't keep friends if you're always cutting them off. At least that's what they see. Um, Safety-wise, when you're talking about um, driving, forgetting to look before changing lanes or forgetting to put on a signal or thinking impulsively, I can make it through this yellow light and T-boning somebody who's making a left turn to go across you in traffic. Drugs and alcohol impulsively. Um, Kids with ADHD will turn to alcohol and street drugs. And so oftentimes parents will say, I don't want my child to be treated because they'll end up on drugs. And I'm like, no, Mm. it's quite the opposite. Your child is much more likely to end up on drugs if they are not treated. But it just takes a lot of education. And that's why I've spent so much time devoted to educating people because oftentimes we just don't know. We just don't understand. I have two, um, what am I trying to, stereotypes or, you know, what people think in I want you to address them. First and foremost, like I'm at the point now where, you know, I feel like everybody has some level of mental, I won't say illness, but, you know, we all got a little something going on, right? right? And right. and so it would be a depression, ADHD, um, anxiety, whatever the case may be. Tell us... You, What's the diff? There are old wives' tales, you know what I'm saying, and then there's medicine and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Tell us where we're missing getting treated for a lot of these things because we're thinking wrong. Okay, Does that make yeah. So let me go back. I, I think I understand your question, but let me go back um, to the first thing you said, which was we all get sad. Mm-hmm. If if a lion comes in this room, we better get anxious mm-hmm. and we better start running. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that help us to know when danger is present. And when it comes to sadness, Jesus wept. So mm-hmm. if he did, I don't know why we think we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. The problem comes in when that state persists. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away. Somebody dies, you're sad, and you work your way through it. Um, you're still able to go to work, you're still able to have fun, pay your bills. Um, but if you find yourself wanting to die to be with them, contemplating suicide, or you just can't even get out of bed, so now you've lost weight, your bills are not paid, you're looking unkempt, there's a difference. Mm. Um, worrying to the point, you know, like, oh my God, I don't have enough money, how am I going to make these bills, you know, get mm. paid? Versus you've got money. Nothing's wrong with your car. Nothing's wrong with your house. But you're always worried. What if? What if? What if? To the point that you can't leave your house. Mm-hmm. To the point that you can't go out anywhere. What if there's a mass shooting here? Well, there could be. But, you know, the chances of that happening where you're going are very limited. Mm-hmm. They're small. <clears throat> and so um, at what point, you know, whenever whenever people say to me, and this is to point up the, 
to bring up therapy, which I think everybody ought to be in. Everybody deserves to be in therapy. That's kind of where I was going with it. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Everybody ought to be in therapy. Mm-hmm. 100% of human beings because we're traumatized every day. Mm-hmm. When we wake up, there is some trauma that's going to happen. And we just kind of brush them off because we're well enough mm-hmm. to do that. But at a certain point, after so many small, many traumas, you're just going to reach your breaking point based on a lot of things, based on how you saw your parents cope, based on the number of traumas that were significant enough to have happened to you in the past, um, based on, you know, your biology, are there anxious people in your family? And so is everybody, uh, Mm. all of that makes up who you are and makes up how well you can cope. Um, but I tell people, everybody needs therapy. And if you ask the question, do you think I need therapy? Then the answer for sure is yes. Mm. Now, to your point about medications, um, if you found that therapy is not working mm-hmm. and you are still having those symptoms, it may be that your therapist might suggest, hey, have you considered this? Mm-hmm. Or you yourself might be insightful enough to say, I think I need more. Now, I usually don't say this, but since it's you, Iba, I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> For ADHD, medication is first line. Mm. And parents often say, well, why can't we do this? Why can't we rab- rub a rabbit's foot? Why can't we get calendars? Right. Why can't we set timers? You should absolutely do all of that. But for children and adults who have ADHD, inattention, forgetfulness, losing things, procrastinating, rushing, running off and being disorganized, if you set a timer but you leave the phone, if you write a list but you leave the list, then it doesn't do you any good. So sometimes you need something to help you get organized enough so that what the therapist might be telling you, you can remember the assignments and complete them. You, that was, you nailed that. Because, um, but I want you to close one small gap for me, and that is, all right, with an adult, it you know, it's kind of obvious. Hey, I'm in this and I can't get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. W- what about with our kids? Now, you did make a great I get it. Like, if it's ADHD, you you know you got to start here, mm-hmm. right? Baseline mm-hmm. meds, yada, yada. But with other things, wh- wh- when do we know? Mm-hmm. How do we know? When When is it time to talk to the doctor? Or, you know, how does that play out? And it may be the person is insightful enough, or it may be people around you. that. And this is why when they say check on your strong friends, yeah. you got to check on people. I tell people all the time, if I stop shopping, come check on me. I don't care what I tell you. <laughs> I don't care what I tell you. I am not well. <laughs> if you if not you're shopping. inviting me to shop and I say, girl, I just, you know, I don't know. No, you better get up and come knock on my door. Right. <laughs> Tear the metal doors off the frame. I am not well. <laughs> and so, like I said, if the therapy is not working, if yeah. the praying is not working, and I pray too, I pray with my patients, I pray for my pray, my patients, and I pray for myself to make sure that what I'm doing is of God. Mm-hmm. And he is yet to tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. And I listen for him to tell me that, to make sure that what I'm doing is of him. But if all those things are not working and you are not getting well, I think then considering medications is the next step. And so where to go if you find that, honestly, it's going to be with your primary care provider. Um, Because getting in with a person like me may take several months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's oftentimes people will say, I need it and I need it right now. They've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, and then they find themselves attempting suicide or they find themselves broke down in the closet on their knees crying. Um, And so before we get there, 
We want to go ahead and start thinking about it. But really one of the biggest things that people need to do is, number one, stay in your lane. Drink your water and stay in your lane. Let people do what they need to do for themselves and for their children, uh, independent of your if I were you. Because oftentimes you're not them and you've never been in that situation. So let these people do what they feel is is necessary for them and then offer support. Um, I will go with you. Kind of like I think about um, in church when people are getting ready to join. I'll walk down with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes people are scared. It's very scary. It's very embarrassing. And I hate that it is that way, but it is. Um, and I tell parents all the time, I know you never thought when you were carrying this child that you'd end up seeing me. Right. So I'm going to be extra special, you know, nice and careful and compassionate. And that's really what you want in your psychiatrist more than any other physician probably is someone who acts like they care that you're having to be there with them. Yeah. Um, and so finding the right person, which because we are limited. And so I'm always begging, help me, help me. So when your parents, your students say, I want to go to medical school, um, encourage them to go into psychiatry. It is a hidden gem. I would not lie to you. Um, and we need some help because there are a lot of sick children a lot of sick adults, a lot of sick men and women. Men, it's okay to cry. It really is. We don't think any less of you. In fact, it's kind of sexy when a man can shed a tear. Now, I don't want you to lies, do it. Lies, no. lies, I mean, lies. I don't, want, I, mean, I don't want us to be in a sticky, scary situation and you trembling. I mean, help me, protect me. My daddy didn't die so you can start shaking at the sound of trouble. But... If there is something going on that's sad, why would you not cry? If you're sad, I don't want I don't want to know that you're heartless or think that you're heartless. Yeah. So it's okay. Um what what are what are those numbers like? Like, you know, do men, you know, you hear all the time men are especially black men don't take care of their health. Uh, kind of afraid of addressing mental health and things. Is that a stereotype or is that really like, no, dudes, we really need to encourage one another? Yeah, that that is not a stereotype. That is real. Um, Men, black people in general, are untrusting of the medical system. Mm -hmm. Okay, dating back years ago and even going on now. Mm -hmm. um, People thinking that black people have different pain receptors and we don't respond to pain. We don't feel pain right. the same way. So our pain not being taken seriously. And then To um, me that is that's one of the craziest it is. ones to me. Like what is it about black women that like wh- why do you think that they can deal with pain more? Well, that's just that's crazy. just black people, period. And well, and yeah. I it goes back to thinking that we're like animals, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then with women in particular it's to do with, um, you know, in childbearing and childbirth, rather, just not paying attention to them, just not taking them seriously. Yeah. When they're coming back saying something is wrong. And I always pay attention to that. If a parent says, but something's just not right, I'm going to keep looking because mm-hmm. they know that child. And that motherly instinct is amazing. So I've got to keep looking. But if you just think that a person is like, uh, whatever, then it's easy to allow them to not get the treatment that they deserve. Now. And men, though, real quick. So, yes, men do not take care of 
any part of their health, right? right. You know, so getting necessary exams and, and for sure mental health. Um, there's just this macho, I've got to be a man. And so we start that in our very young boys. We do. And we, that is something that really we need to change. And I think that a lot of times um, newer parents are trying hard to, to say, tell me more about your feelings. But I still hear a lot of man up. Mm-hmm. Well, the boy just broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. Um Let's get him checked out first. You know? Right, right. Um, in closing, your book, mm-hmm. tell us about what the book is about. Yes. So Shine, Understanding ADHD So Your Child Can Be a Star, is written by me. And it is really a collection of all of the concerns that I have heard from parents over the years. And it is meshed with facts evidence-based facts about what ADHD is and is not. I um, I work you through or walk you through everything. Um, how do you get ADHD? There are a lot of myths about that. Uh, what causes it? What makes it worse? Sugar does not, um, as an example. And then I walk you through how do you diagnose it? Who can diagnose it? Who are those professionals that do it? And again, encourage people to go to your primary care physician first. And then we talk about tests that may or may not be necessary for it. Um, We talk about special education and other ways to help kids get the help that they need because they won't get it all with medicine. It's a whole lot of stuff that it takes to get that child to the next level. And then we talk about, in closing, with um, supports for the family because ADHD actually impacts the entire family. If you want to see a family torn apart again, just watch a family who has a child who's extremely hyperactive. Nobody will keep that child. That means that parents can't go on dates. That means that if that child is sleeping with parents, they can't do the things that parents do. I mean, so it impacts Everybody. Oh, they be doing some stuff now. (laughs) Hey, the same stuff they do, they got their child with ADHD to the earth. Mm -hmm. But so it can impact the relationship of the children, the siblings, um, the marriage, the employment, just the whole environment, even down to a lot of the crimes that we see when we were watching the news. Some of those children had ADHD. It went unchecked. They got put out of school. You know what happens when you get put out of school? You got to do something. You end up on the wrong side of, you know, friends and friend groups. And the next thing you know, we're seeing somebody on the news, either the victim or the perpetrator. So it's a big deal. And where can people find you? Well, your show, the Friday, every Friday, how can people find, you know, a little more information to see, hey, maybe I need to make an appointment or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So um, I'm live on all social media. Well, I'm on all social media, but I'm live on Facebook because I'm still just running a small uh, little show here. Not anything as grand as what we got going on here with mics and <laughs> headphones. I mean, I feel like I'm in the big leagues you right need here. To quit. <laughs> but um, every Friday, I'm on Facebook at Dr. Brandy B. D R B R A N D I B um, for Focus on It Friday. And um, I share it from time to time, yeah, y'all. So yeah. you know, you really ought to check her out. Yeah, I mean, some of my more recent. Shows have been like, what's the big deal about ADHD? Mm-hmm. Or I talk about autism a lot. That's a hidden thing that I don't tell people a lot. That that's one of my specialties and special areas of interest as well. So I talk about autism as well. Um, but um, I had my husband on. He does special education law. And so we talked about um, ADHD and the law. Um, mm-hmm. And so anything that I think 
is is a topic of interest, I'll talk about it. I allow questions, and I take them right there, and we answer them. And if I don't know the answer, which comes up infrequently, I'll get you an answer. Um, I am taking patience, but it is a very long wait. I was just about to say, really? (laughs) Yeah, but I You have to pray about that? (laughs) Yes. I am looking to expand. So um, by the beginning of the year, I hope to have some more, some help, some help. Uh, And the beginning of the year, believe it or not, is a third of the time that my list is long. So. Wow. Yeah. Well. So keep following Dr. Brandy B. That's what I was just about. Dr. Brandy with an I. Yep. B. There you go. All right. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming. I want to get you back on here, you know, every so often because I want to um, encourage. And, you know, of course, this show, my podcast and everything I do is for us. Right. But. I do, I have to admit, you know, I have a a real strong focus on black men. Like, I want black men to be the best that we can be, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I can't stress enough, brothers, get mental help. Get medical help. Um, Go get your checkups. Get your numbers checked out. Um see a doc I go to and we were talking about this I was explaining to um to Eric before we came on as a matter of fact all of my doctors are black females because I appreciate the rapport of somebody with somebody that reminds me of my mother right so I'm just saying that maybe you're more comfortable with men maybe whatever but whatever your comfort level is Please, black men, get your arms around your health. I want to thank Dr. Brandy for joining us. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, R360News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. Intravenous 205 is here to support all Birmingham businesses and entrepreneurs. If you would like your business featured on Intravenous, please give us a call at 205-202-1602 or email us at intravenous205 at gmail.com.